T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Sedgwick County Sheriff Jeff Easter. Welcome to Issues 2019 again. Thank you. Pleasure being here again. Recently, your department operated a special traffic surveillance on East Kellogg. Uh, Is it necessary to use grant money when you do something like that? It's not necessary. Uh, What it does, though, uh, you know, we still have beats to cover and calls to make. And so what it does is, is it allows us to utilize other personnel that's not working that shift and pay them overtime to increase the the traffic uh, safety operation. Does the money for a grant like that always come from the state, or where does it come from? Yes, it comes from uh, the Kansas Department of Transportation, so KDOT sponsors it. I'm surprised they have any money for that. (laughs) So am I. (laughs) (laughs) We always hear that things are terrible there. Outside of these uh, special enhanced enforcements, how does your department handle traffic violations in general? You know, we have some areas in the county that are high accident locations. Uh, Also, last year we had uh, a lot of fatalities, so that's where we're concentrating at this year. Uh, We have a lot of traffic issues on uh, K-42 and K-15 in MacArthur out west, and so that's where we concentrate more of our uh, traffic enforcement. Now, the the deputies themselves, uh, when we get in uh, complaints from citizens about uh, speeding and running stop signs and stuff, uh, we will, uh, the deputies take it upon themselves to go work those particular areas. But uh, we operate kind of on an intelligence-led policing platform now. Uh, and so we really look at our numbers uh, when it comes to accidents and especially fatalities. And those are the areas that we work the hardest. Talk about the importance of just safe driving. Uh, it's very important. I, I mean, mean, how can we make people safer? They uh, yeah. don't do driver's ed in school anymore. Uh, yeah. I love driving. You know, it, I, I will tell you probably the number one thing that we're seeing is texting and driving that's causing a lot of accidents. The inattentive driving uh, where, you know, folks are, you know, messing with the radio or on their phone or uh, putting on makeup and, and those type of things. And that, that's usually most of the time our number one contributor to an accident. Uh, the thing is, is that, you know, either take time in the morning uh, to do those things uh, put your your phone on auto reply, so it, nothing's that important that you can't wait until you get somewhere and then look at your phone. You know, sheriff, when I when I we see these stories of out on a highway someplace uh, and a big semi is head on with a car, and mm-hmm. and I tend to think, you know, I just think, I wonder how many times that is either someone's fallen asleep or they're distracted and texting. I just wonder. Yeah, I, I think some of them, uh, the majority of them, I think are distracted driving. We had a couple last year uh, that were actually suicides. Uh, and unfortunately, we see that uh, as well with um, people who run into semi-trailers or semi-trucks because um, more than likely at 70 miles an hour, um, you're going to die from that type of accident. So. Oof. Uh, and we've, we saw a couple of those last year here in, Wich- in the Wichita Cedric County area. I hadn't thought about that and really hadn't thought about it. Yeah, you're, you're right. That would be a, a way to accomplish it. I've noticed sheriff deputies operating within the city. Uh, how many cities are under your jurisdiction? Uh, 
then? Well, every uh, we're, we're responsible County. for the entire county, mm-hmm. uh, so we have jurisdiction in every city. But every city um, here in Cedric County also has their own police department. And so we work very closely with the police departments. If they need uh, additional deputies to help, just like when we need additional officers to help us out in the county, uh, they come and assist. So it's kind of a mutual aid. It's more of a regional-type policing. Uh, If there's equipment that we have or investigative skills uh, that we have that we can assist uh, the jurisdictions, then we supply that type of uh, that type of. Help? Help. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, for some background, how many officers actually work for the Sheriff's Department? Uh, we have 535 employees. That includes detention, uh, civilian, and uh, our commission people. And how many of those actually work at the jail, the detention uh, 300. 300? Mm-hmm. The majority then. I mean, that's a simple majority. We don't wow. have 300 in there right now, but that's what we're allotted. We're oh. about 70 deputies down. Give us an overview on, on what's happening with the jail. Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about the uh, the numbers of the, of uh, employees, but mm-hmm. tell us m- more generally what's going on within the population. Growing, changing, anything like that? Uh, it's it's uh, growing. Uh, it's staying steady. Uh, kind of a uptick uh, right now. We um, tra- transformed the work release facility over to a jail annex facility where we can hold 180 more inmates. Where uh, is so, that located? Uh, that's uh, Harry McLean, the old work oh, release facility, yeah, sure. yeah. also known as the P Farm. The P years Farm. ago. Yeah. Uh, when I was there, it was I mean, when I went drove by, it when, was a P when, Farm. when you were housed in there, <laughs> yeah. it, it was probably like a you know a country club or something yeah, like that. Right. For you, so, um, so that has helped uh, with some of our out of county population. When we're overcrowded, we got to ship inmates out of county. But we're also seeing that our average daily population is is staying in the upper 1400s instead of dropping in the wintertime like it usually does. That's usually not a good sign because summer is coming. Uh, so fortunately, we were able to get uh, the jail annex in, but we're still at today we still shipped out 110 inmates uh, and we had 175 at the annex. So if we wouldn't have had the annex, we'd had 285 inmates out of county, which is is high. There was a story uh, about a couple of weeks ago um, about the fact that so many of the parolees and people like that are released in Sedgwick County, mm-hmm. as opposed to Overland Park, Johnson County. They got nobody up there. But mm-hmm. how? What kind of is that a big problem? It must be. Yeah, Chief Ramsey and I have been talking about that issue, and and it really has affected uh, the crime stats in the city of Wichita, which then affects jail population. And so there is a, a large number of individuals released on state parole uh, to the city of Wichita or Sedgwick County. And uh, it it is not a good thing for us. Um, I somewhat understand it because we have services here to provide, uh, but uh, I also don't think that folks from other counties should be released here for the, because we have the services. They need to go back to the county that they did the crime, in my opinion. So when you talk about inmates that are in our county jail and the, the other facility there, uh, a lot of those people are from not necessarily in Cedric County? Some are. Uh, Some are. The, yeah, the parole violators and those type of folks we see uh, from all over the state. You know, we'll also see them from other states, too. And District Attorney Mark Bennett has been uh, talking about adding facilities to deal with people who have mental issues. Mm-hmm trying to keep them off the streets and out of jail and out of trouble with you. What what do you think of that? What what are your ideas? Well, uh, what started here two years ago was a group of us 
started looking at the mental health issue uh, because it was inundating our system. So via Christie, uh, ComCare, the DA, the police department, myself, and some other partners really started uh, sitting down and talking because we were doing a lot of pointing of fingers of each other, which was not helping. Uh, so we got through that pretty quickly, and we identified the real problem, which is funding from the state uh, to the state hospitals that we currently have now. So what has, that has transpired into is we are developing a substance abuse and mental health coalition uh, that will have eight uh, executive directors, and then two uh, sides of this, uh, which will be committees. One is for substance abuse because that's another major issue that we're facing here. And then the second part of that is mental health. They're kind of intertwined, but we also decided it's if we combine the two, it's too big of a problem to attack with just you know a certain group of people. Uh, so we're in the development of that. We hired a substance abuse coordinator with uh, the Central County Sheriff's Office to help direct the substance abuse side of this. ComCare hired a, a mental health collaborator to do the same with mental health, and we're starting to plug forward uh, on really trying to address a lot of these issues here in Sedgwick County because we're not getting a lot of help from the state. You have to understand that the state doesn't have a lot of funding that they put into mental health care. That's why we're in the place we're in. Uh, individuals that, you know, we had one guy last May that was booked 17 times, uh, had numerous visits to via Christie, numerous visits to ComCare, and how much money did we spend on that? Mm. Um, they go up to Osawatomie. They can force Medicaid up there. Uh, they have them for about 10 days, and then they ship them right back to us with the same issues. And so the recidivism of the mental health patients is is pretty high. And pretty when, high. You know, and and in, when I was growing up, uh, I don't know what the situation is now. You talked about Osawatomie. There was the Larned State Hospital when I was a kid, and then I think Topeka had a mental facility. Was that just two or three of them in the entire state? Uh, Winfield. Winfield. Uh, also had one, and then Osawatomie. And then in the 90s when they started doing mental health reform, uh, and be very careful with the term reform because this is what we got out of it. <laughs> um, and they shut down several of those hospitals. They tried to do the local mental health stuff, which I agree with uh, folks that have uh, mental illness. It's easier for them and their families if they can do something locally here instead of going up to Osawatomie. But Osawatomie only does acute care and no long-term care. And, and some of these folks need to have a long-term care, and we have no facility like that. So we've been lobbying uh, the legislator for a regionalized approach to mental health care, where Osawatomie would turn into the mental health care center for northeast Kansas. Um, they'd put a regional hospital here in Wichita, and then kind of like a spoke, um, smaller uh, mental health hospitals in southeast Kansas, western Kansas, and north central Kansas. Uh, and that's what we think would ease some of the issues and then also be able to help assist us with caring for the mentally ill here and keeping them out of the system and out of the jail. Your people are the, you know, uh, and police officers are kind of the sh they're the shock troops. You're on the line out there. And how uh, to express to me, if you will, how big a challenge is this for, for people with mental challenges? Is it a growing, growing, growing concern? Obviously. It is a growing concern. Um, I personally believe that part of the growing uh, issue with it is methamphetamine. Methamphetamine is is by far the biggest drug that we're facing. It's you know we had the uh, crack in the '90s that was an epidemic. Methamphetamine is here. We have opioids, but we're not seeing what they're seeing on the coasts. Methamphetamine actually um, eats away at the brain, which then can emulate mental illness, and they never get that part of their brain back. And so we see a lot of that inside the jail. Thus, why we did, you know, the mental health 
uh, unit that we have inside the jail that treats 49 of our more, most serious cases on a daily basis. Now, we do mental health care uh, for numerous inmates in there, and you know about 35% of our inmates are diagnosed with some type of mental illness. Uh, of 1,400, that's around 400 people. Um, and so, yeah, we're seeing it grow, and we're not uh, able to keep up with it. And so that's why we need to do some additional uh, thinking of this and, and how we're going to address it from a local standpoint because we're just not seeing the help out of the state. You're listening to Issues 2019 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Sedgwick County Sheriff Jeff Easter. Sheriff, uh, what has been the impact of, over the past few years of uh, firearms laws have changed? And now, as I understand it, uh, anybody who wants to can strap on a shooting iron and walk down the street. Uh, what impact does that have on law enforcement? You know, when the, the original law was passed uh, about four years ago where uh, you could carry concealed or unconcealed. You could carry a rifle, uh, those type of things. We saw a few people that would carry rifles down uh, the street, uh, which alarmed a lot of citizens, alarmed me. Um, a couple of those folks uh, actually were arrested, uh, and we found out that they had uh, felony convictions, so uh, they were uh, charged, and, and one of them went off to prison. So we're not seeing uh, near as many rifles uh, being carried by people. Um, as far as the carry concealed or carry unconcealed, you know, we do have some of the road rage stuff where people point guns at each other and some of the ag assaults and ag battery numbers that Chief Ramsey has talked about. Uh, but out in the county itself, we really haven't had any issues uh, with that particular law being passed. How about human, human trafficking? Is that a problem in the county? It's still taking place. Um, you know, the, in 2007, uh, when we did the uh, RICO case there in Wichita, uh, I was a part of that, and you know we were going after gang members uh, that were wreaking havoc in this community. What we found was is they've kind of switched over from crack cocaine, the selling of it, to uh, selling of underage kids. Uh, so human trafficking is the first time we had really found that. And since then, it's become more noticeable. And the more we talk about uh, human trafficking, the more we, we tell uh, the stories about it, the more... We open up about it just like we did with domestic violence in, in the early 90s. Well, more people were reporting it because they're more comfortable coming to us. So we're seeing the rise in numbers, but we're also seeing uh, a huge uptick in uh, the way we're addressing it, uh, the way that uh, uh, we're arresting people uh, for that particular crime. Uh, that's part of our jail overcrowding issue is the sex crimes wing that we have is crowded uh, every day. Most of those people, because they've, they've committed those acts on children or human trafficking or those type of things, uh, they don't usually get out before their trial uh, because they are such a detriment to society. Uh, and they are where they belong, in my opinion. And so, um, but we're seeing more and more sex crimes being charged, which is not a good thing uh, by no means, but, uh, you know, we're at least trying to hold them accountable for their actions and, and get them uh, off the streets. How does the internet and social media uh, fold into that? Because I know that's probably part. Uh, yeah, of it. that's that's a big issue with it. You know, we have um, travelers as a, as they're called that will reach out to younger uh, girls. They'll say that they're seventeen or eighteen. They come to town. They pick up the girl, um, and you know they're our age. Uh, so. 
we do stings on that on the internet. We really try to educate parents um, about really pay attention to where, what your kids are doing on the internet because these are the type of things that take place out there. Wow. Um, and the exchanging of nude photographs is illegal. Uh, if you're under the age of 18, we get a lot of that. You're, is the sheriff's department involved with local schools? And this might be one way to do it, but is it? You, we are with county at the schools the that county? are out in the yeah. county. Uh, we do a, a few things if we're invited to BOE uh, USD two fifty nine, uh, but most of our work is done in the in the rural schools. Let's talk about the recruitment and training of sheriff's officers. We touched on that a minute ago about the jail. Is your biggest need then the detention center? Oh, absolutely, it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Talk you about know, that. <laughs> How big a need is it? Yeah, it, it, this has been going on for about eight years. I mean, there's no doubt, you know, law enforcement took uh, quite the beating in the last eight years uh, overall. And I'm not saying that uh, we didn't deserve some of it. I mean, when you have uh, cops in different areas uh, shooting people that are unarmed and uh, shooting in the back and stuff, I mean, they were charged with those crimes. Um, yeah, but do you know that happens with something else, but with we in the media – Sometimes people don't understand that someplace else it's not here. It's not here. So uh, we haven't had yeah. those issues here, but we all got painted the same picture. And, yes, sir. And so folks that thought they wanted to be in law enforcement um, have chosen not to be. And we rely on people that want to get involved in law enforcement. This is a first step into law enforcement uh, is to work in the jail because it gives them really a leg up when they go uh, and become a police officer or sheriff's deputy somewhere. Well, we're not seeing those type of folks apply, so our numbers in detention have just dropped dramatically. Uh, and a lot of it is because folks just don't want to do that particular job anymore. Uh, and so our, our retention rate is, is pretty low. Uh, folks come in. We cause it ourselves uh, because uh, I hire a lot of people from the jail to be commissioned deputies. The police department hires a lot of people from our jail because they have experience. Uh, and so we take our leaders out of there, and then we're always trying to replenish our leaders and, and those type of things. And we have very good people in there, but we're really young uh, also. So, um, you know, the thing is, is we've done a couple of um, events out at the training academy called Super Saturdays. We had 16 uh, come two weeks ago, and we had 25 uh, come in uh, last weekend. And so we're trying different avenues to try to draw people in because we do have a lot to offer. We have very competitive pay. We have benefits packages. Uh, and it, it is a good place to work um, as long as uh, you're willing to work. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's not a glamorous job by no means, um, but you are doing something for the community that is absolutely needed, and that's um, making sure that we're guarding those prisoners because they don't need to be out in society committing more crimes. You are, Realistically, as you know, you're in a really tight labor market right now here in this area. I mean, there are jobs out there, some pretty good-paying jobs that are, they don't find people to go and, and, and fill those positions. You know, I'm talking about spirit and other places, yeah. but that makes it That's even true. tougher. It is a very uh, <laughs> tight job market as well, and so... Uh, you know, we are competing uh, with other agencies all the time uh, to hire commission deputies. Uh, you know, the, the time of, of having 300 applications for 15 openings are long gone. Uh, the, one of the last classes we had, we had, uh, oh, 12 deputies uh, that we were uh, going to hire for. We only had 35 applications. 
that doesn't mean all 35 are going to make it. Yeah. We were fortunate to be able to fill all 12 positions with only 35 applications. Well, then there's another aspect. Do you have an aging force? Or do you have people that are like me that are getting to the retirement age? Oh, yeah. We're, we're very young. And um, in the next couple of years, uh, we have about 25 supervisors that can retire. Hmm. Uh, and so... Yes, it's, which also means if you get in now, you might be able to be promoted. So. Well, and, and we're trying to groom people for that because we know it's coming, yeah. uh, and trying to plan for that in in both the commission side and the detention side because that's a wealth of experience that's going to be walking out the door. Uh, so we have to get people uh, that are going to do a good job in in being supervisors groomed for those positions. Tell me a little bit about training and beginning pay for officers. Uh, for sheriff's deputies, uh, commission side, it's twenty forty seven. Uh, an hour is what you start out at, and then once you graduate, you get a raise. Uh, for detention, uh, it's fifteen eighty-seven. I'm sorry, fifteen ninety-seven. Uh, and then once you graduate, you get a raise there as well. I will tell you that one of the things that we looked at uh, from a standpoint of retaining people and trying to hire people, uh, we uh, were fortunate enough that the county commissioners agreed with us, and we went to a step and ranges plan, and so. Uh, folks can top out now in 10 years um, in pay in the, whatever particular position they're in. Uh, and each year, as long as they get a good evaluation score, they get a 5% raise, which is not something that was done before. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had people that had been with the department 28 years and still haven't topped out at the rank that they were at. So uh, we're hoping uh, from a money aspect um, that will draw more people and, and it's an income that you know that you're going to get as long as you perform well enough and you'll get raises in the next rank as, when you promote as the same. About the training, though, do you train everything locally? Do you go to the law enforcement training center in, in Hutch? Or? No, we have our own academy you your, okay. uh, that we share with the Wichita Police Department. Uh, it's on WSU's campus now. It's a very nice uh, uh, building. So you can uh, go to we Starbucks. We do all the training. You can go to Starbucks. <laughs> they can go to Starbucks, <laughs> yes, while they're out running. <laughs> good, good. What are you proposing in your annual budget? Are you asking for a 20% increase in everything? No. <laughs> No, no. Um, you know, last year, uh, the, the thing that we asked for was the step in ranges and, and the raises and stuff. Uh, this year, we have uh, a few positions uh, that we are in dire need of. Uh, so we're going to ask for a uh, detective that solely does uh, forensics on cell phones. About every uh, crime that is committed and we recover a cell phone is evidence. Uh, right now, that particular de detective is also carrying a caseload and uh, can't keep up. I mean, the, the phone stuff is just unbelievable, and that's a full-time job in itself. So we're asking for that position. Uh, we're asking for a couple other positions, and then the, the normal stuff, you know, medical uh, expenses every year go up, and so yep. does food expenses. So. What about uh, body cams? Do you, uh, we have body cameras Everybody's now. got body cams? We now? have. Uh, we paid for that uh, ourselves. Um, and it's about $250,000 a year for the next five years. Uh, but we have body cameras and also, also dash cameras uh, on each vehicle and patrol officer out in the field. What's the most challenging part of your job, Sheriff? Uh, the most challenging right now is I feel horrible for our deputies inside the facility because they're working so much overtime. That's another reason why we have people leaving. We're about family at the Sheriff's Office, um, and it's it makes it hard when they're away from their family for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the biggest issue that, that I'm, the whole department's facing, but the one that keeps me up at night, is 
How do we hire people? How do we retain them so that uh, our employees are not getting burned out and working way too much overtime, which currently they are? As what's the most report, rewarding part of the job then? You know, actually, probably uh, yesterday I went out and, and spoke to a group of juniors and seniors out at uh, Mays, you know, talking with the kids and, and uh, relaying to them the job opportunities, not just with the, the sheriff's office, but in general in Wichita, really have a plan of what they want to do, uh, and then educate them on the process, and, and then talking with citizens in general about the sheriff's office and, and who we are and what we're about and what we can do for you. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. It's always a good session, and maybe we'll have you back here in a few weeks. That would be great. Our Thank you again. Sedgwick County Sheriff uh, Jeff Easter. That's all for this edition of Issues 2019, and, of course, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 